Welcome to Reactive. My name is Raquel Velez, and I am here with one of my co-hosts, Khalil. Hello. Hi, Khalil. Hello. <laughs> uh, we are missing, unfortunately, our third co-host, Henning. Um, Henning is is being a super dad right now. Mm-hmm. His uh, littlest one is has a is a little sick. Um, and so he's, he's being super dad and, and taking care of her, which is awesome. Um, so we miss you, Henning. Please come back soon. We hope your kid gets better. That is, that is number one, obviously. Uh, our little podcast is just a fun little thing on the side. Um, but, uh, in, in honor of your superhero heroism, super heroism. Yeah. Uh, this week's animal is the bat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the common the common bat so the thing was i'm thinking okay henning is a hero so he's got a cape and he can fly and what's a cool mammal that can fly well that's a bat so this week's animal is the bat um mm. as i said bats are flying mammals they are actual mammals they're like rats with wings basically <laughs> um yeah. and uh, did you know that there are over 1,000 different bat species? I did not. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that uh, while others can glide, bats are the only mammals capable of continued flight. So like, there's like the flying squirrel, right? But it can't actually fly. It just kind of glides from mm. one branch to another. But mm. bats can actually fly. Um, and then... Uh, Let's see. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean, we know this, but bats, well, I know this, hopefully you do too, but bats see in the dark using a special skill called echolocation. Bats make noises and wait for the sound waves to bounce back off the objects and echo. If it doesn't bounce back, then they can safely fly forward. They can tell the, dif- the distance of various objects by how quickly the sound waves bounce back to them, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, voila, this week's animal, the bat. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. All right. <clears throat> so, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know. What's going what's on going with you? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually sound like that, do I? <laughs> Probably no. do. No, no, yeah, of course not. So, tell me, what's, uh, what's on your plate lately? Are you... Uh... Uh, well, I mean, so NPM is hiring. Yay! Um, and uh, so that's pretty exciting. I've uh, I've been trying to tweet out and, and let people know, like, hey, we're hiring. Please apply for positions. Um, mm-hmm. We have three openings right now. One is for... So all three of them are for the services team, which is the team that I manage. So you'd have to work for me. That would be, you know... The one thing, mm-hmm. um, the worst. But uh, I know, just the worst, just right? The like worst. random literally, animal facts. Literally, literally the worst. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to listen to me all the time. <laughs> um, but but uh, so the three different positions. One is for a 
like web-focused services engineer, another is for a registry-focused services engineer, and then the third is for an enterprise-focused services engineer. And the reason I say focused is because the those roles are like being part of the services team means that you work on all of it, which includes the website, the um, uh, focuses on the website, the registry, and the enterprise product, as well as ops and documentation. Um, but like you need to have some like I like to look for T-shaped people, right? So people who are uh, stronger in one thing, but are overall pretty good at all of the things. And if you're if you're like like if I were to say like rate yourself from one to five on any of those things, and if you had like a couple of fives and then like a three and then a couple of fours, like that would be fine, right? Because we could level you up on the things that you're threes on and level you up on the things that you're fours on. Um, but if you would rate yourself as like ones or twos on all of those things, right now is probably not the best time um, to to join NPM. Um, not to say that it would never happen, just maybe not this particular time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so like it's it's a it's a it's a fun product. It's tough because we are like we're currently twenty people at NPM, ten of whom are on engineering. So the next three people will join that ten people of engineers. So thirteen people of engineers, uh, and we have like millions of users <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of thousands of users probably on the I, i'm sure we've we've had a million users at this point i don't actually know mm-hmm. but um there are a lot of people using our stuff and we're a very tiny team which means that there's way more work than can possibly be done by the small number of people that we have so if that sounds like a cool challenge and something that interests you um you can apply if you have questions about it DM me on Twitter, I'm Rockbot, or you can ping me on the Reactive Slack channel. I'm happy to answer any and all questions. And um, we're a really cool bunch of people. We we care a lot about, uh, you know, people as people. And we, we value work-life balance and all sorts of things. So if that sounds interesting, come holler. Um, and yeah, I will answer any and all questions about all this stuff. So... Cool. Are you getting a lot yeah. of uh, applications already? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's NPM, so yeah. not to like toot our own horn or anything like that. But there are a lot of people who are like, "Oh my god, I've always wanted to work for NPM," and yeah. so they apply, and that's really, really awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it can <laughs> it's going to be overwhelming. But mm-hmm. I think it's important for everybody to hear about it and to get the yeah. opportunity to apply if it's something that they're interested in. Um, I will go through every single resume that comes in, um, so like, like every single one, and so don't feel like don't like worry that like oh well, I'm gonna apply and like no one will ever see it. Like I will actually see it, um, and you know if 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 things work out great, and if they don't work out like that's totally okay too. It just means that right now is not the right time for you. Mm. Um, it's nothing personal. It's simply like. Sorry, we have three positions, <laughs> um, and that is it. So, uh, at least for this time around. So, um, uh, you know, yeah, there will be other opportunities. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So definitely apply so that you mm-hmm. can have a nice big uh, electronic, uh, you know, mountain of mail 
in your inbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the thing through. that's been occupying my my time lately. That and just you know managing the team at NPM and and making sure we're doing all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been busy. How about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been up to um, a lot of. Uh, I'm just. I'm, I'm still building this. Did I talk about this last time? I'm building this big form, or not? Mm-hmm. Not building yeah. it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I was refactoring it, and now I'm working on the validation of the form. So mm. uh, there is mostly like regular expressions stuff going on, mm-hmm. which is which is a. Uh, it is cool. It kind of. Uh, I had to, it was like a forced refresher in regular expressions and I had to find this. There's this really cool little uh, website um, that's called regex. Would you, how would you uh, pronounce that? It's, it's R-E-G-E-R. Is it just that? Regex? No. R-E-G-E-X-E-R, right? Regexer or is it regexer? What what how do, would you Oh oh so the the G in uh in regex is pronounced the same way as the G in in gif. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also the G in in, in Nagios. So <laughs> it's a, it's it's a it's a g actually it's a, it's um it's regex. Okay, and, I like uh, I like J better so I'm going to stick with J. So <laughs> <laughs> Re- regexer is is the site regexer.com and it's really cool because um so when you type in a regular expression in that field there so there's immediately when you load it up you have an example a regular expression and then you have some text below it and it will highlight you know whatever it matches to and what's really cool about this specific uh, regular expression site is that when you hover over different parts of that regular expression for instance, you know, the um, like some like the the the, the brackets or um, the little you know like for instance the capital A to capital Z thing or whatever. It's the, like the different parts of the regular expressions are highlighted in different colors, and then you can hi- and then you can hover over them, and it will give you a little description of what it what it is and wh- what it matches to and stuff. So that's really really cool. And then of course you have like a bunch of resources that are linked uh, to on the left, and you know like a cheat sheet and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I I, I um, ran across that site uh, a while ago, like years ago actually. And I really, uh, I didn't remember what the URL was. I really needed it, so I, 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 I was. I went. I went to Twitter and I asked people, like, uh, what's what's the what's the best uh, regex site um, online right now? And then I got a bunch of answers. And then I actually, before I got the the URL, somebody sent me that specific URL too. But before mm-hmm. I got it, I already found it on YouTube on uh, Google. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. already so that was that was cool so i, I just i uh, was very happy to find it again so that's nice. a, that's definitely a site that you need in your that's a, a url that you need in your arsenal and you know what i find this so annoying that sometimes you stumble across something that is super useful but you don't need it right now so you do something with it like you favorite on on um you heart it on uh, twitter because you saw it there or you you know create a bookmark somewhere or something that it lands somewhere in this big pile of uh, fave things and it's impossible to find it a year Mm -hmm. later or so 
And yeah. So I had to I had to go to back to Google to find it again. But how do you do? Like, do you have a system for like really useful things that you know exactly? Okay, this like it's so hard to to distinguish like what is really because everything looks super cool and useful, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. really hard to make that judgment. Like, okay, this I will definitely need this in two years or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I I wish I had a better system. Um, I have. In the past, I used like Pocket and um, mm-hmm. oh, what was the other one? Like uh, I don't remember anymore. Like I used to have all sorts of different things that I would use. Um, Pinterest I use for non-technical things because mm-hmm. I think it'd be weird to use Pinterest for that. But you could, you could totally use Pinterest for it if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just. Uh, DM it to myself on Slack. <laughs> um, I'll do like a remind me uh, on Slack to like, hey, remind me to look at this thing. Often what I normally end up doing is I just leave it in a tab open on my browser. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I lose it when my browser you know, crashes. And, then, <laughs> and so like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a uh, buying a lot of clothes and putting them in your closet and then after a year you you like look at all the clothes that you have and you go which ones have i never used i've never like i haven't worn this in a year so i'm just gonna go ahead and give it away Mm -hmm. um it's kind of the same thing with my open tabs i'm like well everything just you know fell apart so oh well i guess it wasn't that important if i didn't read it (laughs) yeah i I keep hearing that many people do that uh, keeping tabs open for a hundred years and they have yeah. like a bunch of tabs open in the browser. Like I could, I, it's impossible for me to do that. I compulsively have to close tabs constantly. To, mm-hmm. Like I like to have, especially when I'm working on something, I like to have one browser window with mm. with just the tabs that I need. And then I, like every two hours or so, I have like five tabs that I don't need anymore. And it's like, ah, close this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have to go through and triage. Like just today, I had a few blog posts open um, of like different people's blog posts, and I read them and then closed them and read them and closed them. And then I was like, okay, good. I'm starting to have a manageable number of tabs again. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I like, I pride myself in having like, you know how some people have so many tabs that it's just the icon <laughs> of the website, yeah. like the favicon of the website and you just see that in the tab and like there's like 150 tabs in the same thing and I'm like I can't be that person I'm so not that person I at least always have some portion of the actual title of the website <laughs> visible on my tab so it's mm-hmm. it's probably less than 30 at any given moment but yeah yeah <laughs> less than 30 wow that's a lot yeah of I know well it, it's less than yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's something I guess. Yeah, as as as, uh, as soon as the tabs start shrinking, I'm 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 getting nervous. I definitely need to close mm-hmm. them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just open another browser browser window and then open a few tabs there. But mm-hmm. yeah, like they don't they don't live long in my world. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard for me to understand how people can do that. All the tiny tabs with the icons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um. Speaking of which, though, I just downloaded a new app today. I haven't used it yet, so disclaimer. Mm-hmm. But it's called Helium. Have you heard of this? No. Um, 
So Helium, what it is, is it's a little browser window that only serves media content. So like, uh, it's like you can have, say like a Netflix movie or a YouTube channel or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like maybe you wanna watch the Apple's big announcement while you're working or something like that. And it stays on top of everything so that it's always visible. But oh. you can turn it on to a transparency mode so that it's like really kind of faint and then you can click through it, right? So let's say you're like working on code or something, you can uh. still click through the the video player and like it'll still be playing and everything like that, but you can keep doing your work. So it's 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 there, but it's not in the way. So if you wanted to like have something at the same time kind of going on in the background, it could be kind of nice. Like and I'm kind of excited about this because while I get really distracted watching movies and things, sometimes I really do want to have like a press conference or something mm-hmm. uh, up and in the background while I'm working on on other things. And like I can work through, like sometimes I'm just copying notes down from my notebook into into whatever, or like like I don't want, like normally what I do is I, is I listen to music, but maybe I want something a little bit different. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to try this out. I'm a really big multitasker, but the problem with multitaskers is that they think that they're better at multitasking than they actually are, and I know this about myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wary about this app, but I'm also really excited about this app because it might mean that I can like watch something at the same time that I'm doing something else. We'll That's see. very cool. I like that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, you know, we'll see. It's, it's perfect for the millennium programmer that always watches watches uh, Netflix <laughs> while programming, right? Isn't that what they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching trash television while you're trying yeah. to do your actual work. <laughs> well, I don't it's, know. It's a good thing to to quiet down your mind, your mind that's constantly trying to get your attention. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah, totally. so, so um, there was a big uh, fiasco at GitLab. Did you uh, hear about that? I did hear about this. I mean, it's kind of hard to have a, a, any sort of uh, web-based, actually any cloud-based data store uh, paid very, very, very close attention to the GitLab situation and hmm. immediately went, oh my God, how do we make sure we don't actually do that too? <laughs> Right. Um, because the last thing we ever want is for people to, you know, try to npm install and everything. I mean, we saw what happened when somebody deleted one package, mm-hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> imagine deleting all of the packages. That would be terrible. That would be horrifying. But why don't you give a, a summary of what happened at GitLab? Um, so, honestly, I did not dive too deep into it. All I know is that basically an admin deleted like, I don't know how many, hundreds hundreds of gigabyte of their data, um, production data from their server uh, or servers mm-hmm. or something like that. <clears throat> and yeah, they lost six hours of database data, including issues, merge requests, users, comments, snippets, etc. And they completely lost that, right? They weren't able to uh, reinstate that. Um, because because I also um, heard about that there were backups, but those backups were corrupted or something, so they didn't test 
they, they hadn't tested the backups thoroughly. Right. Um, so they weren't able to uh, reinstate the data. Or, <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, I didn't I didn't go into it too deep. So maybe they did uh, reinstate some of it. I'm not sure. But it definitely was. It just uh, uh, all I saw really was a lot of like sympathy going out to GitLab mm-hmm. people like saying like you know stay strong stuff like that you know hugs ops hugs to mm-hmm. out going out to the GitLab people and um, yeah it's I mean it's it's t- totally nerve wracking when something like that happens oh yeah <clears throat> so I heard th- so so what I saw or heard I don't remember it d- doesn't matter uh, is that there was a, there was an admin um, that that in Holland apparently that works for GitLab and he was tired it was late and he accidentally just deleted root or something like that yeah uh, and uh, I mean that's just the worst I mean you feel so bad when that happens to you right and everybody had something like that happen to them at some point with you know uh where the data was more like most likely less important, you know? Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, something like that is just absolutely horrifying. So yeah, yeah. it was good to see yeah. the support. Absolutely. I mean, cause the thing is we're human, right? Like we're all humans and, and we make mistakes and like, I'm looking at, at the, uh, kind of, uh, um, the incident overview mm-hmm. and, um, and honestly, like the poor person logged into what was it called? It was called um, instead of db2.cluster.gitlab.com, they went. They were in db1.cluster.gitlab.com. Like, like mm-hmm. the just the one number difference yeah. was the difference between production and not production, mm-hmm. right? And. Mm-hmm. Like that is such an easy mistake to make. So, yeah. so, so, so easy. And it it's tricky. You're like, oh my goodness. Like, um, so like I know I've totally accidentally brought down production for just for little reasons. And so I can totally understand how how they might have done it by accident. Like I find no fault with them in terms of like what happened i think they i think they tried to respond as quickly as they could um i think they did the best that they could i think they learned a really really harsh lesson about replication and backups and um and mm-hmm. naming <laughs> hopefully yeah, yeah, naming. Um, <laughs> yeah it, should, so. it should be like db2s uh, gitlab.com and then like ah, production careful yeah. don't touch this db yeah exactly yeah. <clears throat> exactly like we have very, very, very different signatures for our staging environments versus our production environments. So mm-hmm. it's really obvious um, when we're touching something in production versus when we're touching something in staging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really scary. But that said, I just it just occurred to me that like once you're inside a box, everything yeah. looks like Ubuntu at right. Like That's you right. don't have. It's not always obvious which box you're in once yeah. you're in a box. So even that, like, uh, my heart goes out to the entire ops team at GitLab because, ouch. <laughs> and now I want to go hug my ops, my, uh, my ops people right now. <laughs> Just like, you have so much responsibility. Yeah, I, I'm going to send you some cookies. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. did, you, did you at NPM took anything, learned anything from that also? Or, 
uh, or not? Um, well, so what we did was, um, so our CTO immediately after seeing all this said, all right, what's our replication situation? What's our backup situation? How do okay. we ensure that we've got everything backed up? And honestly, we have, we, every, every quarter or so, we try to do a, um, a, a practice run of what happens if our, our entire production data disappears, like mm-hmm. how to, so like we, we do a, a um, yeah, we, we do a practice run of, of basically creating a similar machine, accidentally deleting everything, you know, accidentally on purpose, uh, yeah. deleting everything and then restoring from backup. And mm-hmm. we do this so that in the event of an emergency, we can restore everything. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten it down to about an hour or two. Um, which is cool. you know not great, but it's actually pretty good given the the amount of stuff that we have. So we're continuing to improve that and make sure that whatever happens, we 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 avoid uh, the bad stuff happening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's rough. It's totally <laughs> rough. Uh, so, so we had some discussions about uh, writing in our Slack chat recently. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Like, because, uh, like I said, I think a couple episodes ago, I, like I'm trying to write uh, a little bit, you know, as often as I can, and 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 I just realized because because I feel because I feel like having a blog is really good for you as a mm. developer because it it can it can open you up for opportunities <clears throat> and you're not so dependent on 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 your on on your, just your work that you do for your employer so mm-hmm. you, you can you can share your knowledge which can open you up to you know you can help other people or or maybe you know somebody wants to hire you or, or something like that all kinds of different things i mean anything can happen but also it's really good to, for you personally to uh, to just think stuff through and write it down because um, you really re- you it, when you do that you really realize what you actually know um, rather than what you think you know right that's always mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's always really good like when you try to teach something to somebody you you really you learn how much you actually know about it and what you don't know. So that's really, it's really good practice and it's fun and stuff. So I, I, I realized for myself that um, just like any other developer, when I think I want to do more writing, first, what I do is I create a blog of some sort. I look at, oh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to use Jekyll or I'm going to use WordPress or I'm going to use Ghost <laughs> or I'm going to do something on Medium. Like da, 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 da. So instead of actually doing that writing thing that I wanted to do because that's good for me in different ways, now I'm tinkering. I'm back working as a developer again. And that's something that every single developer basically does. There's very few developers that actually do then follow through and then use their blog for writing. There is definitely some, maybe mm. many even, but I think there's way more that just start writing a blog and tinker around, and then <laughs> and they're, not, they're not happy with it. They need to design a little here, and then, and then there's something else, so a cooler Aww. blog engine that just you know came out and stuff like that. It would be great if they would do that and then write a blog post about it, but they don't because there's a different mm-hmm. blog engine that they have to try out and stuff like that and it totally that was me uh, many times over and over so so um 
I don't know how it came up. I, I, I don't know. Somehow somebody was saying they were writing something or I said something like that. And then, um, and then of course, there, were, there was somebody who said, oh, uh, yeah, I have a blog, but I'm always playing around with it. I'm never writing. And I feel like... And, and many people said that they're trying to, whenever they write, they end up writing technical tutorials because as a developer, that's what you do. And... Um, mm -hmm. So, and, but those technical tutorials, they're great and they're really helpful in many cases or maybe always, I don't know. They're definitely great and helpful mostly because you write about something that you know and you, know you, 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 you work through something and so you're describing it to somebody and you can, that can be really helpful for other people. But they take a long time because... So, because now you have to get you have to get an example together, you know, like you have to have some code mm -hmm. examples. You have to describe what the code does. Sometimes you have to describe what this, how to get to the place where you can then write some code. Like you have to do the setup thing, and then maybe you even want to, you know, do the right thing and put the code on GitHub so people can download it and play around with it. So there's, there's the yaks, the yaks just line up at your door, basically. Yeah, it's exactly. just like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. So that's what's happened. And then, and, and, and a lot of developers do it. And, but most developers do that once or twice. And then there's nothing on their blog for two years. And then there's another attempt on a tutorial or something like that and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. so I was, I was kind of, because I know as a developer, it's in, for most developers. Some people, for them, it's a passion. For instance, I know Pascal Precht, who is who is um, who is really well. He's a very well-known uh, Angular <clears throat> trainer now. He created um, this blog ThoughtRam together with a friend of his. And while he was working, right? While he was working, he built the site, he designed it, and he wrote really long very detailed articles about angular but i asked him how he, he was able to do that and he he said that um he was writing blog posts until two in the morning you know like <laughs> because mm -hmm. he was doing it on a regular basis like he was not doing anything else really he was working during the day mm -hmm. and then at night he was writing blog posts basically and preparing courses because at the same time they were they in their uh, free time, they would go, you know, to Holland or to other places in, in the world and give Angular courses. And, mm -hmm. you know, eventually they spun out a company and now they do that full time. But, <clears throat> I mean, that's what it takes. Like, if you want to do really do technical articles and tutorials oh, the, on a regular basis on a blog, then you'll be working until late at night. And that's difficult with kids or work-life balance and so, so forth so but you should still be able to have a blog and write on a regular basis that's kind of how i feel and mm -hmm. and uh, the way how to do it is first of all don't create your own blog i think it's just <laughs> just don't do yeah. it go to medium medium is amazing you can you can um you know you can link your URL, you can have like a publication in Medium, then you can uh, write them a mail and say, hey, I want to link this URL to this publication. And then everything from then on is um, automated. You get an email back with all the different DNS, blah, blah, blahs you have to set. So as a developer, it's, you can do that. It's fine. <clears throat> so you still have your URL and you can at any point 
always when you feel like, oh, okay, now I have written a billion articles on Medium and Medium is shutting down, you can always take those articles and then put them, you know, export them into some other Jekyll or whatever. So there's no real problem with Medium like owning your data. You always own your data because you have your URL. So, um, so just create a Medium pu publication and then you just start writing, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. I think that's, the best way but there's also you can also do it with the ghost or wordpress i don't care but the the, the key is here is don't don't write your own blog engine <laughs> like don't design your blog or don't spend a lot of time on that that's always i think that's 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 always possible later you know like when once you see okay i can keep this up like i'm having fun writing and it makes sense and I'm, i have some output at some point you can always say okay now I'm ready to really, you know, make everything nice or something like that. So mm -hmm. that's basically my philosophy. And I'm trying to push people who, who, who kind of feel like they want to write in the Slack chat, in the reactive Slack chat, to, to just try to just write more often and just write smaller things, like something that you mm -hmm. can write in 20 minutes, maybe a little tweak that you learned or and it's more about writing for yourself than writing for an audience like don't think about like oh how many developers in the world want to know about you know <laughs> like no it's just write something that you get that you're happy that you learned and it can mm -hmm. be something that you can really just quickly write down or just some thoughts about some startup that failed or it doesn't matter like just like just some a little bit of thinking and then writing it down and and and, and like expressing your thoughts and doing that on a regular basis i think that's uh, that's really that's something cool i'm really interested in uh, in that so the the i think i got i got felix felix jung from our slack chat i got him to mm -hmm. actually create his little medium site and he already posted a couple of articles there which is really cool he wrote some really nice articles and uh, i think magalhini also he uh, posted a, a short blog post as well um uh, about doing something in express and yeah i would i definitely mm -hmm. want to invite uh, more people to 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 do that i think that's really cool to kind of to uh revi revive the blogging <laughs> the, mm. the blogging a little bit because it's still a very cool tool i think yeah definitely i mean so the thing about blogging for me and i'm i haven't blogged in a while right like i haven't written very much recently um but when i was blogging i i was definitely just like you described khalil i would start playing with like, I think my first blog was on WordPress and I would start playing around with things. And then here's here's where I'm a little bit differently wired than most devs. I would get bored with like constantly updating my, my blog. And so I would just be like, eh, forget it, I'm done. And then I would just <laughs> kind of write on stuff. And then, and then somebody would be like, ooh, hey, have you heard about this new blogging platform? And I'd go, Ooh, that sounds interesting. And that's where the actual dev part starts to pop up, right? And I'm like, ooh, okay, let me start playing with that. And oh, this is way easier and, and this is really great. And then uh, I'll I'll like play with the styling and the and the like all of the the nitty-gritty stuff. And then eventually I'll be like, eh, I'm bored. Uh, and then I'd stop. And so right now I'm in the um but like I always I always wrote, right? Like the whole point for me was it was more important for me to get the content out there than for it to like look fantastic like i just wanted to be presentable so like my current blog is hosted on ghost um not only because it's you know node backed and i 
can like handle Node really easily, but also because I really love their mission and um, I I know some of the people who work on Ghost and I think they're really cool. So anyway, I, I set up with with Ghost and moved my whole blog over there, which I thought was really easy. Um, and everything is in Markdown, which I really love. Um, but for me, so and, and then I, I like made a theme or whatever, and it, and it was really important for me that there was a mobile version and a like a desktop version, and that it was like seamless and easy. So I remember like like pouring through all of the different themes at the time and being like, okay, which one's going to be the one that works for me? And then like playing with it just enough to make it mine. And then I push it up and I haven't touched it. I haven't touched any of the styling since. Like it's still the exact same thing over like the last three years, but. The most important thing has been the content, right? And the reason why I cared so much about putting content out there is because especially if you're newer to the industry um, or if you want to start making a name for yourself or whatever, the best way, the easiest way, the cheapest way is to just start writing and to put all of that out there. And um, I think for a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I have nothing important to say or whatever. And it's like, you always have something important to say. You can literally say the exact same thing that someone else said, but as long as it's in your own words, it's unique because it's from your perspective. It's not like this is the the official guide on how to, I don't know, write an Ember app. Um, it's how I've written an Ember app or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think that is way more compelling than just the, this is the definitive guide to blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of people also see a lot of blogs and think, thought leader, oh my goodness, I'm not a thought leader. Well, guess what? They aren't either. Um, That's right. <laughs> most people are just, they're just spouting off ideas in their head. And, and I think that's actually really brilliant. And um, to be totally honest, many of the opportunities that I've gotten to speak have been because of my blogs. And a lot of, and I actually got my job at NPM because of my blog writing. It was mm. like, it was really important to um, to our CTO at the time, Lori Voss. He was like, it's really important to me that the people that we hire are uh, not only like, like, like that they can handle basic communication, right? Like they, they can write well, they read well, they understand things well, that they can explain things to our users. Um, when they, you know, when when you meet a person from NPM at a conference, we really pride ourselves in being able to explain to you, to the best of our ability, like how things work and uh, why you're probably encountering these types of problems or whatever. Even though we're not on the support team, we should be able to give you like basic support. Um, and uh, so, like, I think that's really really important and. And especially if you're worried about your English communication, writing a blog actually helps with that because it's practice, right? It's practice, practice, practice. You learn how to write more fluidly. You become more confident in the sentences that you put together. And especially if you start grabbing other people who are like, you know, become friendly, they'll give you feedback on like, hey, you know, you said this, but the way that I'd understand that what you meant was X, but what came across was Y. And I would recommend that you change Y to look more like X so that it actually comes across the way that you expect it to. Um, and so written communication is such an important part of our industry. And I think a lot of people just kind of forget about it. Um, but anyway, all of this to say, Blog, absolutely blog. It's it's a really great and easy and cheap way to get your name out there and to get your thoughts on a page. And honestly, sometimes I go back like over the last several years of blog posts and look at like 
charming little newbie me <laughs> who was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a web developer. And <laughs> and these are all the things that I'm going to learn. Like, I, I literally have a post called like, um, you know, like talking about my, my transition from robotics to web development. And I was like, and I like took someone's job description, which in retrospect was the worst job description ever because it was literally <laughs> looking for somebody who knew everything, right? right and I was right, like, okay, right. so I need to learn Photoshop and CSS and HTML and JavaScript and I need to learn Ruby and Rails and operations and I need to learn this and learn that and learn this and learn that and it's like, oh my God, human, you have no ability to learn all of that in the next six months. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I love the optimism. I know it's so adorable and so I can look <laughs> back on it and and it's really fun to look back on it and of course there's the cynical side of me that's like man you walked into a world you had no idea um but then like you know there's another part of me that's just like that is so cool like looking at where I am now and where I was then and just the journey that I went on so yeah. You know, there's there's lots of different ways to look at it, but I definitely encourage people to blog as well. I think I think it's a really great way to kind of put stuff out there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a it's a great way um, to put stuff out, and uh, and I'm just trying to 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 help people with uh, the actual outputting of the content because that's it's really like I think I think as a developer you often just think like the only thing that you can really do in on a blog is just writing technical um, technical blog posts basically tutorials and stuff like that and I think sometimes mm -hmm. it's just fine to write a little bit of an opinion about something or you know just some some things that went through your head basically and just put them down and um, and I, I must say for me it's actually um, I like to talk about it but it's really not that easy but it's definitely like I'm trying to just I'm thinking about it and it's sometimes because for me like when it comes to writing I can only write if it is really something that currently I've, I really want to say something about even even like there like even Sometimes I have an idea where I think, oh, this would be a cool topic to write about. And, and then I try to write about it. And then after two sentences or something like, I, I just like, I die inside or something. <laughs> I just can't keep it up. This <laughs> is like, this is, oh, this is so hard, you know? And then sometimes when there is just something that was really top of mind during the day or just, I just, you know, it was fun to learn something, then I can just, I just can totally just quickly within like half an hour on a tr train ride <clears throat> hammer something out as a rough draft and then finish it up a little later and then post it you know and it and it goes so it's for me it's always a challenge to find those little things that for some reason I am more inclined to write about than the other things even though in my head they seem like similarly interesting you know to write about so it's it's not easy mm -hmm. no it's not It's not. And the only way forward is to just write something, anything, for as many words as you feel like and press publish and then move on to the next thing. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but, but I also feel like what I do a lot is that I start writing something and I really don't like it or get really bored with it or something. I just delete it again. And, yeah. and, and it's just and, and just be quick. Uh, I start I'm starting to be more quick about it. Like 
I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like this. I'm just deleting it. And then I try a different way to write about it and then not maybe a different way until I find a way to write about it where it starts to flow somehow and it all makes sense. Or I just say, no, I'm just not going to write about this. And then I try mm-hmm. to find something else to write about. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because totally. that's, I, I that's the key, I think, when it comes to a developer who wants to have to, wants to have a blog but has a full-time job and wants to have some sort of uh, work-life balance, uh, you have to be very pragmatic and practical and just like try and throw away, try and throw away and try and throw away and don't stress yourself out about it. And and not always throw away, try and post, try and post, try and throw away, just be a little bit deliberate about it and not think, of, just like you said also, like don't care too much about how great the post is or whatever. Do it for yourself mm-hmm. and put, put it out. Yeah, I think that's a good good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally, totally. Yeah. So, <sighs> so what else is up? Uh, what else is up? Um, so apparently we, we talked about uh, Snapchat stories, I think, last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, Instagram stories. And I just found this article that they... Uh, that they apparently really measurably um, Instagram stories has been stealing Snapchat users, like literally <gasps> siphoning them up away from Snapchat. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's, uh, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. Because they were such, like Snapchat was such a startup that was just like going absolutely insane like all the kids were on it all the adults were kind of starting to jump on it and Mm -hmm. now instagram came around the corner with the same feature and everybody is already on instagram and instagram is kind of popping again somehow and uh and now that stories feature made it even more attractive and now people are hanging out more on instagram it's 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 interesting to see this kind of this kind of war for this attention um happening there and uh and this is like the this is really the first time i think since i can so in this in this whole silicon valley kind of social media startup world where one social media startup literally took like copy pasted a feature from a different startup and was successful with it you know what i mean because there were mm-hmm. i think there were there were many instances where people were like oh my god no, Facebook is copying this from this startup, and and then that thing died or it didn't work out. And but it's, it's definitely something that that is uh, that Facebook has been doing a lot, like just copying other startups' features and and just seeing how th- if they you know get anywhere with it. And mostly it didn't work out, but in this case it did. Mm-hmm. Apparently, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So actually, um, I was thinking Instagram stories is actually also a way to do some sort of uh, uh, blogging, but not blogging, but vlogging, right? You could also, oh, instead, yeah. like if you are kind of, instead of, if you're not a writer, but you're like, you like to talk into a camera, but you also don't be like, be like a full-on YouTube vlogger with all the equipment and all the editing and all the craziness. You can just mm-hmm. talk into your Instagram stories and just download them as a story and then upload that to Facebook. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> there are many ways to do things. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, shocking, shockingly. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, I think we are at the end of this cast pod. Oh, oh no! <sighs> womp, womp. womp womp womp. That's okay. <laughs> unless well, you have, this was unless you have uh, some uh, yeah something to uh, to end this podcast with any subjects you wanted to talk about? Oh gosh, no, not at the moment. It's one of those things where like you have a million ideas, and then as soon as somebody says, "Tell me one of your ideas," and you're like. <laughs> just nope mine went blank um so uh i guess then instead we should just uh tell our users that they're awesome uh users our listeners <laughs> um and and that they should if they aren't already come hang out with us in our slack channel um and where we have lots of fun conversations today we talked about um uh, how to start a Slack team at your company and uh, different things that you should set up if you're going to set up your own Slack team uh, and all sorts of other cool things like that. So come hang out with us. We're really a nice bunch. Um, and uh, you can access the Slack channel by visiting our show notes, which you can find at http colon slash slash reactive.audio. That's right. And on Twitter, we are uh, ReactivePod. And uh, actually, I wanted to say that that I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to um, find a way to upgrade our cover artwork. And mm. yeah, so I've, I've, we've been talking about this already internally. Like maybe we have maybe to ask ask the illustrator who did the wombats to how much it would be to to do illustration of us in like animal form or something like that. So uh, we still have to find that out. Uh, and Henning didn't decide yet what his animal is. So uh, so uh, that would be an idea because um, I really want. I kind of feel like. You know, like I've I made a little bit of, you know, this web design and cover art design, but it was always just simple. I just use a font and some colors and it often works out fine. But I kind of feel like this uh, this podcast is really cool and it's really, I think I think we're all serious about it. We want to keep doing it and it, it deserves some sort of an upgrade when it comes to the cover and um, somewhat the art associate, associated with it. So I'm trying to find a way to work with somebody who can do something cool. So if anybody in the reactive podcast community uh, feels like they can help with that maybe or has some ideas, I'm definitely open to, uh, to hearing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. How do, you feel, uh, how do you feel about the car? Do you think that an upgrade would be in order or do you think Oh, this is I fine? mean, I'm open. I, I'm... I, I support whatever you want to do, Khalil. I okay. support you. So I'm, <laughs> I, I will not get in your way, um, but I'm also going to just pull out the lazy card and be like, whatever you want to do, man. It's cool. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I can work with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Yes, that is right. MPM is hiring. Uh, feel free to DM me on Twitter. I'm uh, Rockbot on there. And... Uh, I will see you, chat with you next week. Yes, and uh, I am Khalil Tweets on Twitter, and Henning is H. Gladagots on the Twitters. Yes. That's it for today. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.